1: Well, well, grand rising, everybody. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. We got a terrific Tuesday lineup for you guys today. I'm so glad that I have some amazing guests in the building. I'm going to be speaking with Tanisha Lyons, the executive director of Federal Way Black Collective, uh, doing great work out there in Federal Way. And I am a Federal Way homeowner. So it really, really does my heart some warmth to know about what they have going on. So I can't wait to dive into it with her. They also have an upcoming event that she's going to be sharing with us. And then later on in the show, I'll be checking in with Terry Moore, an amazing musician and producer. Y'all may have seen him on Weird at Night. He is a very regular there. So I'm so glad that he's jumped on over here to share some of his musical journey with us. But of course, it's the top of the show, y'all. So it's a great time for you to tag and share the stream. Please tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. Don't worry if you can't watch us. You can listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me there on Google, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, you name it. I don't even know how many platforms. Um, I don't know the names of them all, but there's probably like over 200. We're on all of them. Double check um, your favorite one and find us there. Well, I, I, before I get in with Tanisha, I want to dive into something that we've been seeing. Uh, you know, uh, it's something that we've seen kind of sweep the nation when it comes to gun violence on campuses. Uh, you know, students are now stepping up and some of our students from Seattle also stepped up. And we want to converge. Media was on the scene. Let's show you how they were stepping up.
0: And Hundreds of high school students from across Seattle walked out of their schools Monday and marched to City Hall to demand action from leaders after last week's fatal shooting of a student at Ingram High School in North Seattle. Many of them carried signs outlining their demands and decrying misplaced priorities.
1: We are demanding actions be made so we can resume to a safe learning environment. We are demanding de-escalation, anti-racism, and restorative justice training for all of our security educators. Lack of security does not mean we want resource officers. They let City Hall know,
0: in no uncertain terms, what their lives are like. It makes me sick to think that in many ways this could have been prevented. To our principal, Martin Foe, we demand change public school district. We demand change. And to the representatives of our state,
1: the one that controls how guns are regulated and in turn the safety of students, we demand change. We do not go to school to fear for our lives. This was an entirely preventable situation. And yet here we are standing before you. We as a club and a community demand gun reform. Within King County, a turn-in program exists for the voluntary removal of guns from households. We wake up every morning to prepare ourselves for our futures and not our ends. The violence addicted on November 8th was not the first time students did not feel safe in our school building. This is a recurring issue that has demanded proper action for years, and yet society has let us down. Administration is letting us down. The district is letting us down.
0: Members of the council
1: joined the students, including Deborah Juarez, who addressed them.
2: We have failed you as your parents as protectors. You should not have to learn the terms of active shooter, a reunification area. This school district has failed them in even our
0: Some of the students recounted their heroin experience
1: during the shooting.
2: The feeling of hopelessness and uncertainty was overwhelming. Stuck
1: wondering if I would to face something that I wouldn't or couldn't walk away from. All I knew was that I needed to do whatever it took to keep my classmates safe. My classmate Nick Babington and I grabbed filing cabinets and anything we could find to barricade the door. After securing the room the best we could, we started saying our goodbyes. With shaking hands, I called my father to make a phone call I never imagined myself making. The other seven people in the room with us were saying their own goodbyes and I love you. Oh, my goodness. Shout out to Cesar Conazales, one of our correspondents here at Converge for being on the scene there and pulling this piece together. I mean, you know, this is something that We cannot just talk about, and I think it's it's one of those things. When you're in media, you wanna highlight, okay, this is great that students were out there, but the reason why they felt they needed to be out there, what's being done on the other side? I appreciate uh, Council uh, President Deborah Warris stepping out to share with those students that yes, There is a major failure that is happening with regard to our elected officials and really stepping up to the plate to ensure that policy and legislation is progressive enough to address this issue. You know, we've been dealing with this. I think one of the the first ones, of course, Columbine. So this has been over a decade of us dealing with gun violence, mass shootings happening at school campuses. And yet, We still have it happening today. So, you know, I just read something that showcased a bunch of different mass shootings all over the country. And it's almost as if we've just become numb to it. We've just, it's normalized in our society. And it's something that should never be normalized. So shout out to all of those students for sharing their experience, their voices, their demands, for coming up with such eloquent demands for those who are in positions of power to make change. I think it's on all of us to stand alongside these students. With a a high school student myself, it really hits home as a parent, because you want to do everything you can to ensure your child is safe. in school Campuses, school grounds are one of those places where you don't want to even have to think about your child's safety. And yet here we are as parents, as caregivers, as loved ones, as family members dealing with this, uh, you know, almost on a weekly basis across the country. So shout out to everyone who stepped up and stepped out and made sure their voices were heard, man. So powerful. Well, of course, we get to continue in some powerful action with my next guest coming up Tanisha Lyons, the executive director of federal way black collective is going to be sharing with us some powerful work they've been doing in an upcoming event. They have hi Tanisha.
2: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Uh, I'll say I've known about Federal Way Black Collective for several years and there's been a lot of work happening in the Federal Way area, but you guys also connect to different organizations across the county. Tell Mm -hmm. us what Federal Way Black Collective is.
2: Federal Way Black Collective is a we're a community service organization. We're an organization that believes in empowering black people within Federal Way, but empowering our community to be able to thrive and not to thrive and not just survive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so often that with all of the different um with the pandemic and all the different things happening, you know, within the community, oftentimes we focus on surviving, just getting through the day to day. And so with the collective, our focus is is making sure our community can thrive. So we help small businesses. Um, We have a program, Small Business um, Resiliency Network that brings in small businesses. We um, provide um, uh, planning, um, business planning, We provide um, different programs that these businesses can use to be able to um, get started and to be able to flourish.
1: Yeah. You know, we talk about the need of small businesses as like the backbone of American economics, and it is true. You know, without we we saw a real decline mm-hmm. in black business ownership um, when the pandemic hit. But one of the things that I was so inspired by is that we also saw a real uptick in black owned women businesses mm-hmm. throughout the pandemic. I think a lot of people went back to, you know what, I've had this idea on the back burner. You know, my nine to five is, you know, reduced hours mm-hmm. or now, you know, they had to shut down the campus because of covid you know, a lot of jobs shifted. And so a lot of people stepped up to the plate and said, I got to do something different. Um, when you think about, you know, you just coming into the role, tell us a bit about what you did before entering Federally Black Collective, where you can bring that, your, your lived experience um, and expertise into the role as executive director.
2: Sure. So I'm a community organizer. I'm a community advocate within the city of Lakewood. And so my passion is community. It's all, it has always been community. Um, even from a small child, my grandmother, you know, she didn't have an organization. She wasn't, you know, real known in the community, um, but she had a heart for people. And so this is a generational work. And so um, my family has an organization, Springbrook Connections, within the city of Lakewood where we service our community. It's a community-led organization, um, a community um, organization that is empowered by the community. So everything that the organization does um is centered around what the community has asked for and what they want. And then the community comes together and they volunteer and um, they've really taken on their neighborhood. Um, and it's not really giving back. I think it's it's empowering our, you know, ourselves to um, be able to thrive and do better.
1: Yeah, I I, I think about the need for community based organizations, particularly where community members can feel safe and confident that they can bring their voice to something and draw on that collective nature of power of the collectivism, right? Like for me, that's exactly why I even do this. It's a part of me and my advocacy, right? Is I want to be able to uplift all the great things that are happening. But it's interesting how when you're in the community and then serving community, you have this kind of dual thing happening. And I'm sure you experience that so much. Um, what are some of the, the joys that you've already experienced in your role as executive director for Federal Way Black Elective?
2: Just being able to really help the community and to be able to engage with the community. I'm excited about our community coming together and telling us how they would like us to service in that community. I think oftentimes organizations get created and they get created out of a heart and passion for wanting to do something, but they forget the people you know, that they're serving. So um, oftentimes programs are created that nobody's utilizing because nobody went to the community to say, hey, what do you need? How can we help you? Mm-hmm. And not only how can we help you, but how can we help empower you to even help yourself? And so I think that is is just an it's exciting.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think it really takes a lot of passion to do this mm-hmm. work for community because sometimes folks will say, well, it's a thankless job. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I have experienced it in my roles, various roles in community. And I understand that for me, it's like I'm driven to ensure that I'm giving my energy to something that's going to make things better over time. And, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in federal way, particularly around civic engagement. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I'm always saying as a federal way homeowner. I'm like, you know what? Nobody's knocking on my door to get my vote. What's mm-hmm. up with that? How come I, it's almost as if, okay, you're going to lean Democrat. I don't really have to, you know, mm-hmm. fight for your vote. And we just experienced in that local election. Yes. We got our people back in the seats, but we also have to be able to understand that it's a relationship and it should be, you know, uh, symbiotic. It should be something that's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. You know, if I am giving you my vote, what are you doing for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that sometimes it's on organizations to kind of uphold that pillar for a lot of folks, because it is a lot of work for individual families to have to d- dig in to it. And so I find that, you know, creating that bridge is really important. Um, I just love that you guys are out and you guys are doing great work, uh, you know, with small businesses and connecting with community members and families. I look forward to more collaboration with you all um, out there in federal way. Uh, you guys have an event coming up and I I want to yes. be able to talk about that because it's exciting when you give opportunities also mm-hmm. to vendors and small businesses. Tell us more about this event.
2: Yes, I'm so excited. So at Thomas Jefferson High School on Saturday, November 19th, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., we are going to be holding a community event. It's merely one of our board members birthday. And so uh, his idea was to be able to um, give back to his community. And to bring community together, and you know, we're we're we got excited <laughs> at the Collective. Oh yeah, we that's that's what we love to do. So um, we are going to be offering an opportunity for vendors to come in and be able to vend and. Um, you know, whatever their products are, but also it's a way to um, we're going to be feeding 33 families. Mm-hmm. And so um, we're with our community partners. They have chosen 33 families who will be um, receiving meals for Thanksgiving. And then we're also going to be having a concert. And so, um, we're asking that, um, for those who would like to attend, if you don't have anything to bring, that's fine, but we're asking that you bring a canned good item because we would like to replenish one of the food banks that have, um, donated to these families. So yeah, it's going to be really exciting. So we're going to have, um, a concert, we're going to have, um, live poetry and, um, we're just we're just going to have fun. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, these these kinds of markets where mm-hmm. We come together as community members to uplift the amazing businesses right in our backyard is so key. Yeah. It always takes me back to how uh, the 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 roaring towns of I always say roaring towns of the 20s. But <laughs> I, I'm referring to so many more than just Black Wall Street. Right. But they they were all over the place yeah. other than Tulsa, Oklahoma. So I'm always thinking about these amazing Black towns that that's really what essentially what they were doing they created infrastructure so they had a lot of brick and mortar mm-hmm that really showcase businesses. But the ideas of us tapping back into that resilience. I always think about this amazing, iconic wall we have behind us, right? That is always a reminder for me every day on this show that we're tapping back into that brilliance and those opportunities to elevate those amazing vendors. It takes a lot to be a vendor, you know, right? But just to elevate the amazing uh, folks who have said, I'm going to take this idea from an idea to creation and then bring it out to my community is so, so key. Plus a concert. I mean, you can't go wrong with music and also serving these families for the holidays. How beautiful is that? You guys are already thinking about this kind of reciprocity mm-hmm. by saying, bring a canned good so we can help replenish the food bank. Mm-hmm. I, I love that because that's the work of community-based organizations. That's what we get to do in community. It's so great to talk to <laughs> Tanisha, and hear more about this. I'll give you an opportunity if folks want to connect with the Federal Way Black Collective, if they want to come out. Maybe there's a great vendor who didn't know about the opportunity. Make sure they know how to connect with you all right there.
2: Yes, you can connect at info at fwblackcollective.com and you can leave an email there or you can email me directly at Tanisha, T-A-N-I-E-S-H-A dot lions, L-Y-O-N-S at FW And Mm -hmm. (laughs) blackcollective.com and I am looking forward to hearing from the community. We'll be having some community events starting in the new year and so I'm just really really excited about the good work that the collective is getting to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's necessary. And yes. I love that there is something that people can connect to because I, I, I'm finding small hubs, you know, mm-hmm. small hubs throughout Federal Way. But I love that Federal Way Black Collective is on top of this and is saying, you know, we're stepping out. You guys are doing events. You guys are going to be having more next year. I can't wait to be even more connected. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having
2: me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm telling y'all, we got great work happening in the community. And it's amazing thing for us to be connected and plugged in and engaged with it all because we help to make it even better when we are engaged, when we bring our ideas, when we connect with these amazing amazing community-based organizations. So if you're out there in the Federal Way area, make sure you connect with Federal Way Black Collective. They're doing some great work. Well, after this short break, I get the pleasure to talk to Terry Moore. He is a musician, a producer, and so much more. I can't wait to dive into his musical journey right after this short break. Y'all stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Join us this holiday season at the Fifth Avenue Theater and feel
2: the power of love overflowing with the whiz. Filled with soaring soul and R&B songs, it's an effervescent explosion of music, dance, and magic your whole family will love. Ease on down the yellow brick road with
1: Dorothy as she learns home isn't really where you live, it's who you love. The Wiz at the Fifth Avenue Theater, November 19th through December 23rd. Tickets at fifthavenue.org.
2: Habari Ghani, my name is Noni Irvin, and I am the creator and founder of Kanara Park Kids as well as the president of our sister nonprofit, Black Four Charities, a 501c3 fiscally sponsored by Shunpike. Together we are hosting the Kwanzaa Awards because it is important that we acknowledge and recognize the contributions and efforts of individuals and organizations who are showing us what the Kwanzaa principles look like throughout the year. The nomination window is open October 1st to November 30th, and yes, you can submit more than one nomination. Eligibility is simple, Individual award recipients must identify as Black, African-American, or Pan-African. And organization award recipients must be 100% Black-owned if for-profit or 100% Black-led if nonprofit.
1: Hey, Portland, Basic Gordon here. Not sure if you heard, but Trap Kitchen Weekend starts this Friday, November 18th at the Roseland Theater in downtown Portland. And you already know Converge Media has joined hands with the Trap Kitchen, and we will be in the building. Join me, my Converge fam, Cool Nuts, G. Perico, Jay Worthy, and Manny Blanco from VH1 Black in Compton as we celebrate food, music, and culture in a way that only the Trap Kitchen can see you friday for trap kitchen weekend at the roseland theater and be sure to follow trap kitchen pdx for more details and get your tickets today at roselandpdx.com Welcome back, everybody, to The David Trey. Uh, I'm really excited. I mean, we're already now talking about The Wiz, y'all. It's coming here. Make sure you guys get your tickets. And shout out to the whole Converge team who's gonna be out there uh, in Portland. That sounds like an amazing event. I'm trying to figure out how to make it work with my schedule. I told you, Cuddy, I'm trying to get there. Uh, Anyways, I wanna welcome my next guest to the show. Terry Moore is here. What's up, Terry? Hey, hey, thank (laughs) you for having me. Yeah, you know what, thank you for being here. you know I love my bros over at Weird at Night like they're my people's right and and I've seen you on there several times doing your drops tell us a bit about the start of your musical journey
0: man uh I was I've been out here for my whole life born and raised in Seattle and I've always kind of just been someone who's been an ancillary piece in different musical uh groups um I've been in several bands and I just have always felt like you know, representation, like you guys were talking about earlier, is, is something that matters. So the only way that you can do that is really get into it yourself and create mm-hmm. that lane. Um, I've never adhered to the stereotypical parts of hip hop that people see. Um, so I always wanted to have that. And I know that there's people out there who happen to embody blackness who don't necessarily mm-hmm. adhere to what's put out there. Mm-hmm. And so in order for those people to feel comfortable enough to come out of their shell, I feel like you have to be that beacon. Right. And so yeah. that's the birth of my entire ideology with the music. Mm-hmm. Everything you hear me do, it's all from the, the space of originality, but without gimmick. And that in itself is a gimmick. I'm really a regular guy. Right. And that's what everything embodies with what I'm putting out here. But it's very alternative influenced, grungy, raw.
1: That's
0: that's what my music is.
1: Well, I've heard some of your music and I got to say you infuse a lot of different kinds of messaging in your music. And, you know, for me, any artist who's putting their artwork out there to the world, you got to be saying something, right? And oftentimes it's like, you got to be saying something different. What I really appreciate about, you know, what you do in the lane that you pave is that you're not trying to mimic what, you know, major labels are doing right now or what artists are doing. And I think we need so much more of that, honestly, okay. Terry. Like there is such a huge hunger, I think for us to go back to the kind of origination of hip hop, which was this positive messaging infused in it, right? It was something that was uplifting and empowering to people and we do not hear that right now on the radio man Unfortunately. you know i mean it's real tell us a bit about that state because you know for you to pave your own lane to do things even like weird at night right to even be a character on there is like totally mind-blowing because they're like yeah we're up here we're uplifting amazing uh, talent but you found a a way to bring your work to that set. And it is such a beautiful whole environment. Just tell us a bit about some of your experience working with the Weird at Night crew.
0: Thank you. Uh, Thank you for that. Um, The Weird at Night crew is great. Those are a bunch of individuals who are unafraid to test boundaries and actually express genuinely. That's what's lacking It's genuineness. People every day are out here They feel a certain way about things. And because we deal with societal norms and how we are, it's hard to express those things in conversation without. Without that fear of being not canceled, because that wasn't always a thing, but Mm. that's what we can call it now. Right. So with those guys, I just. I feel open. They've they've been one of the few people who've seen my work and actually like given me flowers while I'm here and and, and trying to spread it out there. So to me, the only way to repay that is to be as genuine, be consistent and give them something to be proud to share. Right. Again, I, I have only met I've met blazing space through the band. I used to perform with a lot Bear barracks who was led by a Shana Shepard. I know a lot of you guys know who she is. Um, and he did a lot of visual work. He volunteered to do videos for me. He just put himself out there and it kind of reinvigorated my spirit and, and let me know that it's like, man, it's OK. It's okay to be what I've been being. I don't have to adhere to these boxes. That's a lot of the the. Ideology or the thinking in my music. Yeah. Right. And you've heard that, as you said before, that's that's all it is. So working with those guys has really opened up a way for me to show that. Blackness encompasses everything. And we're trying to, like you said, step back into the originality of hip hop and what it was, the positive momentum forward, helping impoverished people, help other people. Yeah. It's, It's about doing that. Right. So I feel like the only way to continue our genre forward with respect is to bring that plethora of ideals out.
1: Yeah. Well, I I mean, you know, nowadays the digitization of music in our world in general means that a musician such as yourself, there is a ton of different platforms. I just talked about over 200 podcast platforms, right? Like the ideas that you get to infuse your music in different ways, like on a show like Weird at Night to showcase what you do is one of those great gems that I think we're living in. But also sometimes it's an inundation of like options for people. Um, You know, how have you found as a musician, you know, putting your work out there so the public can hear it? What are some of the things that you think have really been beneficial to you in that way?
0: Um, Basically, just the ability to even simply put something in front of your friends. I know that a lot of the advice that musicians or people give is to not really rely on your local area to support you because you'll be disappointed. And that's true. Yeah. But to have that that immediate feedback and people either like or they don't like it or you see how it moves, just seeing that just gives you the confidence to keep going, realizing that the goal should not always be the destination. It's the journey, which is a life thing. Um, you're, you just create, you just have to create. And then the more things and avenues you find to put it out on, you should just do that. Mm. That's what I've learned. I've been a shelled person for a long time until the last few years where it was like, okay, I have something here. I've done things in the past. Why am I resisting success? Mm. And success is only defined by, your actual growth. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't have to look to a Hollywood status to say that I'm successful in what I've done. It's just impacting the individuals I impact with my messaging, which is Human, humanity's message.
1: Yeah, no, and that for me is everything. Even with me on this show, I'm always talking about creating impact. Media man, if something I'm doing, somebody I'm a, I'm having an interview with and having a discussion with, is doing some inspiration, is inspiring me, it's inspiring others. Like that's the goal, right? And so when I, I know I'm meeting that goal, I'm like, I'm good. You know, I'm straight. One of the things I really appreciate though about the musical world is kind of what you've been describing with the crew at Weird at Night and what you just described there in terms of your friends and like having a base. Uh, it really is like you work with other musicians and things become like a family. It's like there's such a tight knit community of amazing musicians here that a lot of musicians are now coming to Seattle to kind of tap in to that brilliance and tap into that, you know, that, that kind of, uh, community of music talent and ability that's right here. Um, So with you being from here, I'm sure you've been able to experience that, but I love how you describe it as such. It's something that I'm always thinking about when I'm talking to a musician. I'm like, there's something very uh, specific about the Seattle music scene. So I love that you haven't given up on us as fans. I know it's a lot of hard work, but I really thank you for putting your work out there. I wanna make sure I give you time to let the folks know how to find your amazing work you can look right there let them know how they catch up with you terry
0: you can go to terry monstrosity.com or you can also go to Bandcamp, uh, terrymonstrosity.bandcamp.com terry monstrosity.bandcamp.com i'm also on every streaming platform like everybody else is so you can just type that name in i'm the only one thankfully <laughs> um and yeah go check it out uh it's it's really just something I feel like everybody would, would appreciate it's a breath of fresh air. It's a different sonic sound. It's just something that you can take in and move on from. You don't have to be afraid if your kids walk in for the explicit lyrics, your grandma could listen to it. Yeah, there's a couple cuss words, but it's not like that. It's just for emphasis. Other than that, um, I got the new Rent Nom Project coming with Lex Lingo and Mind the Villain. Be on the lookout for that. We have some singles up on YouTube.
1: Amazing, Terry Monstrosity in the building. Thank you, Terry Moore. Thank you so much for being with me, and thank you for not being in your shell (laughs) and bringing your music out so all of us can be inspired, be a fan, and listen to some great music. I appreciate you joining me today.
0: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: Absolutely. Oh my goodness, you guys! I get to wrap all this greatness up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The David Train.
0: Basically, fam, believe in giving. Like we have to be. Willing to give more and people seem to always think giving means money but nah bro it's like you can give time you can give understanding you can give access you can give a listening ear and an open heart you can give and share your god-given gifts and talents but you just got to give
1: Welcome back, everybody, to The Day with Trey. What a great episode today. I want to give a huge shout out to my guest, of course, Tanisha Lyons with the Federal Way Black Collective, doing some great work out in my neck of the woods. And I'm already every commercial break I'm talking to him like, oh, OK, how can I get more engaged? How can I get involved? Because it's real. And I think it's so important, uh, particularly for a lot of South King County cities that I've seen an influx of black families due to gentrification, that there be black community based organizations and entities where families can connect and be engaged. So doing work for small businesses is a great way to get that started. Love that the work that they're doing over there. And of course, we gotta give Terry Moore, Terry Monstrosity in the building a big shout out. Shout out to our partners over there at Weird at Night uh, for sharing this amazing talent here with the day with Trey. You know, when he talks about his musical journey, it's so amazing because he really stepped out and is doing work that is different. It's eclectic and I promise you, You'll be surprised listening to some of the tracks. I mean, me, myself, I said, okay, man, he's saying something and we need more of that in our music. But it is on us to uplift our local talent here. If we can't appreciate it, why should we expect that anybody else Anywhere else is going to appreciate it. What oftentimes happens, unfortunately, Seattle, is that we allow our amazing local talent to get known all over the country. And then we're like, oh, everybody else is paying attention to them. Maybe we should. How about we be the first ones to pay attention to amazing talent in our backyard? And you can start with Terry Monstrosity. Make sure you check him out. Of course, I wanna thank you guys because for me, I'm inspired by these stories. You know, what Tanisha shared, what Terry shared, Oh, look at that. A triple T, Tanisha, Terry, and Trey. It was on today and on a Tuesday. It was all the way live. But I will say that, you know, for me, I want you guys to be inspired. That's why the guests that come on here, they always have something amazing to share and something to say. And you guys know for me, I want you to be inspired to see yourself as a part of the solution. The more of us who are doing that, the better we all are in our world. Thank you guys for tuning in. And for me, until tomorrow. At eleven AM. Peace.